Thanks for tuning in to Mysteries of the Mind, a podcast revealing the way our unconscious minds shape our lives. And now, here's your host, Dr. Michael Bader. Poverty makes people sick. That shouldn't be a newsflash to anyone, right? And the sickness it creates is psychological as well as physical. So, on the physical end of things, we see rates of obesity and cardiovascular and pulmonary disease higher among the poor. But we also see rates of depression, addiction, and PTSD also much higher among people at the lower end of the socioeconomic spectrum. Further, research shows that when very young children are raised in poor conditions, their later cognitive development is stunted. Such problems are not only seen by psychologists and educators, but can be seen on the MRIs of the brain, which show a slower-than-average development of the prefrontal cortex, as well as the damage done to the hippocampus and the amygdala. And it's not primarily the toxic environment or lack of decent nutrition and medical care, let's say, that seems to cause these problems, but instead, a more direct damaging effect of stress. The stress response system, when hyperactivated, hurts the body and the brain in multiple ways. It increases inflammation. It, it actually damages the tips of our chromosomes, uh, and it greatly impacts brain development. The results are psychosomatic, psychological and somatic. They're neuropsychological, in other words. And such problems create then a cascade of negative consequences. So, for example, when stress accentuates the functioning of the amygdala in the brain, which is responsible for alerting us to danger, the result is increased anxiety, which then can lead to addiction or to making poor judgments, which can worsen one's socioeconomic security. Sure, I mean, some of the problems in poor communities might be due to poor lifestyle choices like smoking or fast food or poor access to medical care, but the research is clear that the effects are more direct. When one has to worry about making ends meet, the harm done to our brains and psyches is profound. Interestingly, it turns out that the mere fact of poverty, while damaging, is not the only cause of suffering uh, among less advantaged groups. It's the degree of inequality in one's social environment that really piles on the stress. Think about it this way. Regardless of individual income levels, people in more unequal societies become more worried about how they're seen and judged. And this anxiety, we can call it status anxiety, is translated into various medical and psychological disorders. Again, these status anxieties do their damage through affecting levels of stress hormones. If you think about it, it makes sense. Greater inequality increases the tendency in a society to regard people at the top as important and those at the bottom as almost worthless. Overall, in a highly stratified society, there's invariably an increased anxiety about where someone fits in 
and where other people think that person should fit in. Some people respond to this anxiety. Soci sociologists call this anxiety the social evaluative threat. Some people respond to this anxiety by withdrawing and becoming depressed. Other people respond to increased worries about how others view them by exaggerating an overly positive view of themselves to conceal their self-doubt. Then we have, what, an increase in narcissism. It turns out that both depression and narcissism increase with inequality. But whether it's depression or attempts to cover it up, people then, you see this cascade starts, resort to drink, to drugs, and large amounts of prescribed psychoactive medication to help them deal with their anxieties. And these uh, have their own negative consequences, of course. Now, we all have social anxieties. I mean, I think it goes with being human and with living in social communities. Other people, after all, can be a great source of help and assistance or may become formidable adversaries and rivals for the necessities of life. It, it matters, in other words, how others view you. The problem is that with increasing inequalities in income, wealth, and power, social threats become all the more pronounced. Those at the bottom, or those who don't feel that they have, quote, enough, end up feeling that it's their fault and their self-esteem takes a hit. Such an outcome then can and does result in various solutions that only make it worse, like drug and alcohol abuse or violence or promiscuous sexuality. The myth that we live in a meritocracy in which people are somehow ordered from the most able at the top to the least able at the bottom is not only false but destructive. It's now clear that given our growing knowledge about the malleability of the human brain, that differences in ability result from an individual's position in the social hierarchy rather than being determinants of it. Some of the most interesting work on these issues comes from those researchers who track the degree of status anxiety in more or less unequal societies. So this duo, Richard Late and Christopher Whalen, used data on almost 36,000 adults in 31 countries in Europe uh, that took part in a survey called the European Quality of Life Survey. This was back in 2007. To measure status anxiety, they looked at whether respondents agreed or disagreed with the following statement, quote, some people look down on me because of my job situation or income. This is a very accurate measure of status anxiety. It turns out that there were huge differences between countries uh, between countries and how people responded, depending on how much inequality there was in that country. In all countries, of course, status anxiety increased as people's income rank decreased. But status anxiety was higher at all income levels in more unequal countries. Inequality, in other words, makes everyone more worried about status and how they're judged by others. So status anxiety was highest in the more unequal countries like Romania, Poland, Lithuania, Macedonia, 
And status anxiety was lowest in more equal countries like Denmark, Norway, and Sweden. And of course, the United States is one of the most unequal societies in the world and therefore has so many problems that derive directly from the increase in status anxiety. Clearly, money has become entrenched as a measure of how much people are worth. The reason that anxiety, status anxiety is important is that such anxieties are a powerful source of stress, and stress we know makes people sick. And mental illness is an important type of sickness related to inequality. The authors Atkinson and Pickett argue in really a brilliant book called The Spirit Level that more unequal countries had at least three times as much mental illness as the more equal countries. And, you know, mental illness is defined by epidemiologists for the World Health Organization include, that include things like depression, anxiety, eating disorders, addictions, self-harm, bipolar disorders. In Japan and Germany, for example, fewer than one in 10 people had experienced any kind of mental illness in the last year. In the United States, Australia, and the UK, it was more than one in four. So what do we conclude from all this? I, again, on one level, it's common sense. One's socioeconomic status directly affects your mental and physical health. If life is hard, then you suffer. But more than that, if you live in a society that's highly stratified because wealth and income are so unequal, then this suffering becomes much, much worse. It becomes worse because, first, you internalize the notion that your status is an accurate reflection of your worth. And second, because you constantly find yourself in social situations in which comparisons are being made based on how much you make and how much you have. And in this sense, things are clearly getting worse. You all know the statistics. From 1920 to 1970, it turns out, in the United States, income disparities were steadily reducing. Uh, they called this the Great Compression. But beginning in 1970, they started getting worse and worse to the point where today, America's CEOs earned on average, a staggering $14.5 million a year in 2018, compared to an average salary of a little less than $40,000 a year of their rank-and-file workers. You know, these numbers are thrown around all the time, and they're very important. The top 1% have wealth that exceeds the wealth of the bottom 80%. These disparities uh, only got worse, of course, after the Great Recession of 2007 and 8, and have galloped ahead under Trump. These disparities certainly may offend our sense of morality, but they're also injuring our bodies and hurting our psyches. The, the solution is not simply a redistribution of income and wealth, but it has to include a change in consciousness away from material standards of living as the primary markers of someone's worth and value. Thanks for listening to Mysteries of the Mind podcast. To learn more about how your unconscious mind really works, please tune in next time. And be sure to visit Dr. Bader's website at michaelbader.com.